Welcome to another episode of Look Into It. Today we're getting crazy conspiracy. No music today. This is, we're going deep, deep with Trump and devolution and all that crazy shit. All the crazy shit that's going on. My special guest tonight is, he goes by Patel Patriot. Um, we, I'm going to call him John. And how you doing, Patel? Good, Eddie. Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> I said I was going to call you John and I call you Patel. What do people call you? <laughs> Either one doesn't matter. I mean, most people call me Patel by now based on what I've been doing with my series. So, and I didn't know who you were until we ended up on Jim Brewer's podcast a couple weeks ago. And, uh, um, man, I love what you were saying. And I was like, man, I gotta have, I gotta have John on my podcast and we got to break down devolution. And, uh, a lot of people don't know what it is. It's, uh, um, and who knows if it's true or not. I don't know. Uh, I hope, I hope it's true. I hope um, there's a counter to the new world order. I hope. And uh, if there isn't, man, we're going, we're headed right for China. We're headed right for Venezuela. Um, That's for sure. Okay. So tell me a a little bit about yourself and how you got into um, the truth. And like, I mean, um, obviously you don't, you know, you just want to go by Patel Patriot, John. Um, It's it's a dangerous subject, you know, (laughs) Trump is a dangerous subject, man. It is. And uh, I wish I had a, had a pseudo name or whatever you call those. What do you call those? Do you call them pseudo names? Aliases. I wish I had one and I wouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm a sitting duck. I'm wide open, man. I've, I've been on JRE, the biggest show in the world several times by myself talking shit, you know, and and, uh, (laughs) dropping some truth bombs and it's dangerous these days. Damn, it's it crazy. Is. It sucks that it has to be dangerous. It'd be great if we were just all about true free speech, but um, yeah. we're not, man. You see what ha- what's happening with Alex Jones and all that shit. So t- tell my audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, what your mission in life is currently. Sure. And actually, you know, I, I have been doxxed. So my full name was put out there, but it wasn't, you know, willingly. It was a, a guy named Mike Rothschild, actually. The last oh, name shit. was lit- literally Rothschild, doxed me. Yeah. Um, but no, so getting into this, I was uh, uh, fundraising for a Catholic school system. Okay. And I wasn't really into politics, but I followed it. And especially um, around 2018, I got into the whole Spygate drama. And I mean, cause that stuff was just so interesting. And I mean, it was better than anything on TV, all the, you know, the corruption, the spying, the scandal, everything. It was just, it was so fun to follow, but I never posted anything on online, nothing on social media, but then leading up to the 2020 election, I started to get a little bit more vocal, at least with my my friends and family, you know, like, oh, there's no way Trump's going to lose this election. I mean, it's just it just are you paying attention to everything they've done? There's no way people are so awake to this. And then the election happened and the fraud happened and it was so obvious. And then even there, like, you know, Trump, Trump said in a, in a speech he gave shortly after the election, you know, if, if if we're right about the fraud, Joe Biden can't be president. I mean, that's like verbatim. And so he was doubling down. He, he wasn't going to let Joe Biden get inaugurated. And so I was kind of feeling the same thing. Like telling my friends and family, you know, there's no way Joe Biden gets inaugurated here. And sure enough, it, Trump it, uh, 
appeared to have walked away. Right. And I kind of lost it. I mean, I didn't lose it, but I was just like, what the hell's going on? I, I, I kind of wasn't really sure what, what to believe anymore. Right. And then now back, back in, in the two thousands, uh, were you, um, uh, were you hip to the nine one one is a nine eleven or whatever is an inside job or were you on top of that? Were you an Obama fan? Did you feel like w- what woke you up? Where no, did you I'm wake he- up at? I'm here in North Dakota, and so I mean, just conservative is kind of just what we do here. Yeah. Um, I was, I, gosh, I was in like fourth or fifth grade when nine eleven happened. I'm, I'm only 30, uh, 32, so I'm, I'm a pretty young dude. Um, but so uh, the 2018, 2019, when I started getting into the spy gate, that's when I started to wake up. I was, I was very apathetic to politics in general. You know, I didn't, so you really didn't pay attention. You never didn't really pay attention. Paid. Okay. No, no. I mean, I came across on Twitter, but I was only on Twitter, you know, to follow my favorite sports teams. I don't even watch sports anymore because it's just, yeah. it, it's all so political. What were you it's into? crazy how that happened. Uh, baseball. I was a baseball player myself. And then, um, you know, some hockey, I, I like watching hockey a, a lot, but um, that, that was probably primarily what I did football. Um, but, but yeah, I can't really watch any of it anymore. And then, uh, yeah. And so anyway, after the inauguration, uh, one of the guys I was following, his name is Brian Cates. He, he's one of the the best, uh, you know, he, he writes about all sorts of Spygate stuff, the Durham trials. I followed him to this, uh, you know, he got booted off of Twitter. I followed him to this uh, obscure social media platform. It's, I'm not even gonna say the name because the owner of it's a jackass, but there's a guy over there that was talking about devolution and he's probably one of the most br- brilliant minds I've ever come across, but he uh, he he wouldn't really get into the weeds when people would ask questions. Like he he would honestly get annoyed with people, and so instead of like having him lash out at me, I just started to dig into it myself. And then I, I started doing that. I ended up getting kicked off this this platform because the owner, like I said, was a jackass. And uh, a couple of people encouraged me to just like keep writing and put out a Substack and a Telegram. And it's been about a year now, and I went from literally nothing, like no followers, never posted publicly, hardly anywhere, to. Like I mean, it's exploded since then. I mean, Telegram. I think I'm over like two hundred thousand followers. I, have, I mean, just hundreds of thousand followers in a matter of a year. Now, so what were you doing insane. in North Dakota your whole life? What What did you want to be when you grew up? When you grew up? That's the funny thing. I I never really knew what I wanted to do at the time. I was fundraising. Like I was I was, you know, good with talking to people. I I like making friends, meeting people, hearing stories. Did but, you go to college? Yeah, I went to college. I never graduated though. Okay, but, but again, part of that was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And every time I started down a new like, you know, uh, to get a new degree, you know, I, I started with computer science, didn't like it, went to engineering, didn't like it, um, ended up getting into sales. I mean, it just I didn't really like it. I ended up and this was all job. where where in North Dakota? Bismarck? Uh, well, that's where I, that's where I live now. But uh, I went to college at a couple different places. Actually, I went to like four or five different universities. It's really funny. My dad makes fun of me all the time saying like, you went to school long enough to be a doctor, but you know, and I probably have the student loans of a doctor, but I didn't actually get a degree. So I get shit for that a lot. Damn. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but yeah, so I didn't know what to do, but it's so funny because now that I've gotten into this, I mean, I do a live show all the time. And before that, I wasn't even really comfortable speaking in front of people like for fundraising. Part of what you're supposed to do is talk to larger groups, class reunions. And I always pass it off to other people because I wasn't a fan of doing it. But now my, my life, you know, I'll get 10,000 people watching me live stream. It's, it's just nuts. And it's this is my passion, you know. So once I started digging into the stuff and and finding the source documents, it, it's it's really what, what I do with my theory. You know, it, it's hard to even call that a, the, a theory anymore because. Devolution. The, yeah, because it, the, I only talk about the stuff that's out there in documents like the Federal Register, Trump's executive orders, the military's, you know, joint publications it's all out there pointing to this continuity of government plan. 
and so it there's there's almost no doubt continuity, in my mind he, continuity of government plan and that yep. that's basically devolution right explain yeah. what devolution is okay so uh, our, our government uh, dating back to the cold war they they had all these continuity government plans. So we were, we were going back and forth. There's this threat of nuclear warfare with Russia, right? And so what would happen if Russia would nuke Washington D.C. and take out all of our government leadership? They had these backup plans where they would, you know, devolve or, or move leadership to secondary personnel scattered throughout the country to kind of run things and make sure, uh, you know, what they call the primary or the national essential functions. There are eight primary functions that our government need to uh, perform uh, on a daily basis. And it's things like, you know, maintain the three different branches of government, uh, you know, maintain a proper economy, uh, maintain a safe and secure border, make sure we don't get invaded, make, maintain a presence within the world, you know, with other leaders. A lot of that stuff doesn't seem to be happening under the Biden administration, but those, that's that's what a, a cognitive government plan does. It maintains those things if leadership were to be taken out. And there's this interesting, <laughs> the, the biggest piece of evidence that that I have that I've pointed to for something like devolution specifically is what Trump issued on December 7th of 2020. Okay, so here's a guy who supposedly had the presidency stolen from us, right? Or stolen from him. He's an outgoing president. And that's a big part of it too. We'll get into that. But he issued an executive order, executive order 13961. And it's this this executive order, it established a committee and this committee was tasked with implementing and executing a continuity of government plan. And the authorities he used for this executive order was all about, it was all based in, in wartime authorities. Uh, so the title or U.S. Code 47, which is War and National Defense. So he issued a continuity of government executive order based on his authority as a, a wartime president, essentially. And okay. if you look at what what the election was being stolen it, it, back back right before Trump took office, it was January of, of 2017. Obama's head of the Department of Homeland Security reclassified our election infrastructure and moved it into critical infrastructure. So if there was an attack on our election infrastructure. That would be considered an act of war, right? And so a lot of the basis of devolution is that our election infrastructure was was attacked. It was it was stolen. Trump called himself a wartime president multiple times. And then you can even look at COVID for it too. I mean, how many times did he say COVID was, you know, the, the worst attack this country's ever seen, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the World Trade Center? All those things were acts of war that got us into war, right? But we never actually got boots on the ground into war with, with this election or the COVID or whatever. But if Trump viewed himself as a wartime president and he viewed what happened to us as being an attack, he's well within his authority as commander in chief to respond to it however he sees fit. And that's where I see this this devolution executive order that was issued on uh, on December 7th uh, coming into play because I think that's what he chose. I think he knew he had no choice but to really walk away. I mean, do, do you remember back right around the time Joe Biden was inaugurated right after the, the January 6th uh, you know, insurrection? how high tensions were in this country. Could you imagine if Trump would have done something, even if he had evidence of election fraud, which he told us how many times that they were going to use COVID to seal the election? I mean, thousands of times. Yes. If if you'd have prevented Biden from taking office, could you imagine like the shit show that would have followed? Yeah, I was just saying to uh, Hibbler right now, I'm like, if if Trump would have won, uh, there would have been civil war, you know, because yeah. everyone, there, there would have been no way to convince the people uh, that what's going on now with the Biden administration would actually happen. Nobody would believe that you have right. to walk through it. Are there exactly. any documents that uh, say devolution on them? Is there like a plan? Oh, like yeah. some, there, there are. Oh, yeah. So devolution is an actual it's, it's real, real thing that's documented. Yep. And I talk about this in my series too. I mean, 
I don't I don't get into stuff that I speculate about. If I if I do the occasional times I do speculate, I, I tell you I'm speculating because there are aspects to this that we don't know the full picture of, especially when it comes to how this unfolds. But but there are like just our military. Uh, if you go into Google or DuckDuckGo, whatever you use, and type in capital A, capital R, space PAM, so AR PAM at 500.3 or 500.30. There it is. Word search for devolution. U.S. Army continuity of operations. If you if you command F and type in devolution, right there is devolved. Yeah, nineteen matches right there. Devolution, and then if you if you uh, skip through to the end, it should have a definition of it. Damn, there it is. Shit, dog, devolution is for real. Yeah, I'm I'm making this up, man. It's Dude, it's a it's a real look thing. At that shit. But yeah, I think the very the very last match should be an actual because they do their definitions on these things at the end. And it should be right there. The transfer of statutory authority and responsibilities for performance of the MEFs from an organization's primary operating staff to other employees, internal or external to the organization, in order to sustain essential functions for an extended period. Devolution is a continuity option used instead of or in conjunction with relocation in order to ensure the continued performance of essential functions. Shit. So, all right, man, we got the, the government documents up, up. So devolution is real. That's a million percent. Uh, it's not a theory. Uh, the question is, are we in the middle of it right now? Or yeah. Is this, is this all this, insanity all this madness that we're living through and walking through is this part of devolution and why do you think it's called devolution that's like the opposite of evolution it's like is yeah. it is it is it uh the dehypnotizing of the masses is that what that is like devolution would be like okay we need to deprogram the hypnotized population is that part uh, that, of it? that's that's a good way to look at it, but for for this definition it's really just because the whoever's in charge you're devolving your authority to other lower individuals so in this case trump he devolved his authority as president and commander-in-chief through the cognitive government program devolution to other individuals and we don't know specifically who they are but you can get a pretty good idea but but what trump did what's what's so interesting is in that uh, December 7th executive order where he implemented and executed this continuity of government plan. He also allowed for the reorganization and reprioritization of the NEFs. So that's another thing you could look up. Um, if you type in national essential functions, th there should be eight of them. And these are, again, what you're, this is what you're supposed to do during a continuity of government environment. You're supposed to maintain these eight NEFs. But because he reprioritized them and reorganized them, they might only have one of these NEFs that they're actually focusing on. So that could be something like just make sure we don't get invaded. But when, when it comes to, okay, so did Trump actually implement this? And, and that's that's a loaded question because there's so much that can go into this. But I, I start with, I, I kind of backtrack to just the election stuff, right? How many times did Trump tell us that the election was going to be stolen? It was, it was so many times. Yeah. Yep. And then you can, you can even go further back. Like back in 2012, Trump had a tweet where he was discussing the, the Romney and Obama election. And he was talking about the machines. He said, watch those machines or switching votes or something. Okay. That was 2012. And then uh, he called voter fraud after the 2016 election that Hillary Clinton had 3 million more votes than she should have. Or 2017, he established a, a, a gosh, what was it? It was a commission to, it was a 
Federal Election Integrity Commission. And these people looked into all aspects of our election and the voter rolls. And if you look into what the, like they were looking into, it's everything that we saw that came out from the 2000 Mules documentary. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but oh, it's absolutely. literally everything. Yes, yes. Yeah, That's so. The proof that uh, the election was riddled with fraud. Exactly. And that's just one aspect of it. There's so many aspects other than just the mules. But 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 Trump knew that our elections were a threat and that the machines were a threat. And there's no way that you can tell me that Trump, the guy who I mean, he was the best president we've ever had. I mean, if you look at his actual accomplishments, not what the media says about him, but if you go like go, go through his, the federal register. And for those of you who aren't aware, you just go to federalregister.gov. The federal register is where our government puts all of the documents. So you can go in there and search for everything that just a specific president has done. I always do for Donald Trump. And, you know, he's got over almost 1,200, you know, whether it's executive orders, proclamations, memorandums. If you go through there, he was the most pro-American president we, we've ever seen. Everything he did had a, a pro-America bias. It's, it's unbelievable. But so then, you can go to the Federal right Register and it'll go over everything like he signed, basically, right? Yep. Yeah, so scroll up to the top. This is what I always do. Scroll up to the very top. Sam Tripley and I are coming to your town. Catch us on the road doing tinfoil hat comedy. Follow me on Instagram at tinfoil hat comedy night. Friday, December 2nd, we'll be in Calusa, California. Saturday, December 3rd, we'll be in Fresno. And February 24th, we'll be in Spokane, Washington. February 25th, we'll be in Tacoma, Washington for more information and to buy your tickets see you on the road there's a, a checkbox there hit presidential document right. and then hit um go down to president donald trump so he's got 13 or 1131 uh, documents yes yep and then you can even get dig into it further you can sort it by executive order um if you look at maybe just type in go, go up to the top uh type in 13961. And then the one document. And this is the executive order I was talking about. It was issued on December 7th, which is, by the way, the anniversary of uh, Pearl Harbor. But right here, so uh, right at the top, by the authority vested in me as president of the Constitution and the laws of the United States. And then here he says, including the National Security Act of 1947, as amended. And if you look that up in our United States Code, that's the War and National Defense section of our United States Code, Title 50. But then it goes on. It talks about uh, its policy in the United States to maintain a comprehensive and effective continuity of government programs. It goes into some of the things Obama did when he kind of re, um, I guess you could say reorganized stuff back in 2018. 10 or 11, whatever year it was. But then the big one, um, scroll down to section, I think it's section three, up a little bit more. Yeah, okay, right there. There it is, section three, uh, executive committee, that one? Yep, I want, I want to find the right words here. Okay, right. Okay, so section three, uh, is the executive committee shall mm -hmm. coordinate the development of an implementation plan for the strategy and other continuity policy as described in section 4B. Um, and so th this is him telling us how they're going to, or this executive order is laying out this implementation and execution of a continuity of government plan. But then if you go to, uh, gosh, what's the best way to do this? M maybe go to devolution.link. That's my, that's my actual website. This will, this will be a lot easier to kind of break this down. Devolution.link. And then when you get here, go to article 13, scroll down. 
part 13. Yep. And then hit article. Yep. And so this is what I do in my articles. I just, if you can kind of scroll through it, I break down what all this stuff means. And so like right at the beginning, I talk about this executive order. No, keep going down. Oh, hit back. Okay. Keep going down a little bit more. So right here, I highlight the National Security Act of 1947. If you look at what that is, it's our Title 50 U.S. Code, War and National Defense. So this whole executive order is issued in his authority uh, as, a, as essentially a wartime president. But what I want you to do, this executive order was, was issued along with a strategy document. So it had the actual executive order and then another document issued with it, and they were kind of going hand in hand. And the strategy is, is how they were going to implement this executive order, and so Scroll down almost three quarters of the way. There's a letter that Trump issued. Yeah, right there. Okay, right here. Actually, this is a good. This is a perfect executive order to, or uh, article to go through. There's a definition of devolution again, and then the table below that. Those are the national essential functions I was talking about. This is what our cognitive government programs are typically support, supposed to uh, uphold and support. Okay, these eight things: ensuring continued function and form of government, provide leadership, visible to the nation, economy, all this stuff. Um, okay, now keep scrolling. It'll be a ways down there. I really want to show you this letter, the introduction to his um, his strategy document. You can probably go down about halfway even. I'll tell you when to stop. Okay, right right here. That's the letter signed by Donald Trump. So go to, go to the beginning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through this and kind of talk as we go here. So this was the introduction to this letter that Trump Trump wrote this, okay? So... In support of my administration's national security strategy, I'm issuing the Federal Mission Resilience Strategy to address the long-term challenges of political, economic, and military competition from near-peer adversaries, as well as disruptions from national natural disasters and pandemics. Our adversaries will not attempt to fight us on our terms. Okay, so that's that's a big line to me because a month before the election was stolen, uh, there was a... Okay, well, let me backtrack even a little further. The national security strategy is what our president puts out every you know four years essentially it's how they're gonna do it's their stance on national security throughout the presidency okay so trump issued his in late 2017 early 2018 but then a month before the stolen election they issued this annex and it was called the irregular warfare annex and and this is a key aspect to this because when you look at what a regular warfare is it's it's warfare below the actual threshold of armed conflict so it's like there's there's two types of war there's either a actual gun battle overt war that we think of like call of duty style or there's kind of a, a war for the mind war, war for influence you know psyops kind of the hypnosis stuff you were talking about it's a battle for the narrative that's what it is a regular warfare is info a battle war. for the narrative exactly info war and so the, continued here They've studied our way of war, invested in capabilities to target our strengths, and are adept at competing below the threshold of armed conflict. This letter mirrors almost exactly the annex that was issued on a regular warfare with this language a month before the election was stolen. Okay, and I'm going to come back to that because the person who released that annex is very important, and there's a lot of key moves that Trump made right after the election was stolen and Biden was declared the winner that all point to a regular warfare. And again, battle for the narrative, right? Trump walked away from the election on January 20th. What have we seen since then? We have seen the mainstream media lose control of almost every single one of the narratives they had. COVID's dismantled. The Biden presidency is a joke. I mean, the economy's going to trash. All this stuff. Really, the only narrative that hasn't fully come unglued so far is that the election was stolen. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. It's get it's getting um, closer though. It, I mean, it with two thousand mules and and um, 
it seems like uh, more and more slowly. It's a slow thing. Yeah. I always thought I never see. I had no idea how real devolution is as far as documented. I mean, we just we just showed it. I mean, so if you don't believe the evolution is real, you're retarded because we just showed it. We, we just went to the government websites and we pulled it's real ass shit. So I've been talking about this. Like it's a fucking conspiracy theory that I believe because it made, it makes sense to me because the fact that nothing fucking makes sense. Devolution makes sense. Like that puts it all, uh, that makes it all, um, understandable because it's almost like um like again i haven't read any of this this is the first time i'm seeing these documents i I just go you know i listen to you know Mm -hmm. x20 have you ever been on x22 yeah i've done actually three interviews with him yeah he i mean he's always that's where i knew the name patel patriot because yeah he's always um posting stuff that you've posted and said and he's always talking about devolution and and you're the guy he's talking about now it's all coming together yeah I, li- I listen to X-22 all the goddamn time, man. Um, yeah, he's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. He's he's my hopium, you know? Because yeah. uh, I, too, just like everybody else, thought, okay, we're fucked. Uh, Biden actually won. Trump's walking away. Where's all the arrests? How, how come these Pelosi's not arrested? How come Schumer's not arrested? Oh, how come Adam Schiff's not arrested? They're supposed to be arrested. No way is Biden going to win. No fucking way is Biden going to win. No, if Biden fucking wins, we're fucked. We're fucked. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way Biden's going to win. We're fucked. And then would you see Biden won or, you know, uh, appeared to win. And uh, everybody jumped shit, man. Everybody that was on uh, Q chats, like everybody, like today, right now, I don't know how you feel about Q or anything, but everybody that was into Q jump ship. Everybody jump ship to the point, but the chats still exist that hmm. that uh, that uh, I'm on. The chat still exists. But if you if you say anything pro Q or you're uh, you believe in Santa Claus now, like you still believe in all that, you still believe <laughs> in the plan trust the plan all that shit Pete. like so everyone everyone that still hopes that there's a plan i mean i I, yeah. I hope that there's a plan i hope there's a plan to save america i hope we make america great again because um the, the the whole cute thing and the whole trump thing shit you people just jump ship we don't know what's going on. We're not sure. We're not sure. Is Trump yeah. debate? Is Trump good cop, bad cop? We don't know. But the one thing we do know, and the one thing we do know, and it will help us understand all the shit we don't know with Q and Trump and all that shit, is that we do know who the demons are. And there's no way yeah. someone brainwashed me into thinking Pelosi's a demon and she's not really a demon. There's no way. We yeah. know who the demons are. We know 100%. Most of the left are demons. All all the politicians, Schumer, Nadler, Schiff, Obama, Hillary, all of them, they're all demons. They're yeah. they're not for America. No, they're, they're, they're that, that's for sure. That's a million percent. Now we don't know if Trump is with them. We don't know for sure. We don't know if Trump is deep state. Everyone's like, oh, he's deep state. He's he's one of them. There it's a it's a theater. It's theater. You still believe in Trump? Uh, so, I don't buy that. 
You know, yeah, no, 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 no. So we there's questions with Trump, but there's no questions with Biden. There's yeah. no fucking question. There's no way that I was brainwashed into, into thinking Biden is one of the most corrupt politicians in the fucking history of the right. world. There's no way. That's true. That's a hundred oh, for sure. For sure. So, um, and the crazy thing is, you know, people are just finding out about. Um, you know, Hunter and, and all his connections in Ukraine yep. and, and Burisma and all that shit. But the people that have been paying attention, w- even way before, way yep. before Biden was, ru- uh, was running for president, way before that, we already knew all about the Biden crime family and Hunter and Burisma and all that shit. And, and, uh, and Joe Biden at the CFR bragging about, uh, withholding a billion dollars in aid until they yep. fired a prosecutor that was going after Burisma, which Hunter was on the board of making like 50 K a month or whatever um, for doing nothing, just a bunch of scams. Like they're just making money doing nothing. And just <laughs> Ukraine, we already knew that. So uh, uh, before Biden ran for president, we saw all the stuff where he's like sniffing all the little girls and all that shit. Yep. We saw all that stuff. So there was a, there was a drop, a Q drop that said, um, look, pay attention to who's running for president, who's going to run for president because they are going to be the ones who have the most to hide. There's just prison guard. All right. Whether I, whether I sweep them, whether I put this butterfly in here and sweep them, I shuck, squeeze, gift wrap and boom. And now I'm on his back. Maybe I sweep from the other way. Maybe I put this butterfly in. Having that go the double orange, and look, shoot this through. Boom! And then I go, bam! Look where we're at. Boom! A, sh- a shoulder crunch attempt um, is probably, like all sweeps, 20% at best success. But doing it from here, if it doesn't work, I still got him. I used to go here, boom, and then come here and come up this way. That's what I usually do. All that is prison guard, all right? It's all off homie control. Homie control, again, it's like the mission control of, of uh, prison guard. Before Biden and, and the rest of the Democrats announced that they were running for president, you know, Biden would be thrown. I'm like, no way is Biden fucking running. I was thinking like, <laughs> no way is that dude running. That guy is not running. Because if he runs, imagine if he runs. There's so much video evidence of him like just like being super inappropriate with little girls. There's so much evidence of that. And then there's the video of him at CFR bragging <laughs> about fucking that quid pro quo. There's no way. There's no way Biden's going to run. It- it's perfect though and then he ran (laughs) and then you start thinking shit those who are running have the most to hide oh shit biden's fucking run and no way did i think he was gonna win i was like no way that guy has too he's just too much dirt too much filth no way and then Guess what? He's the fucking president. <laughs> it's it's unreal. I actually yeah. I, I never got into the to, to the Q drops. It's which is is crazy because now I mean I see him all the time. I'm some of my best friend. Even my girlfriend is like major into Q, you know, or a Q influence or whatever. But um, I, I've never actually read through all the drops. I've seen drops because especially when I started my series, people would send me stuff, and it's amazing how like closely things correlate. One of my most recent articles actually talked about Q and how it it only makes sense that it was a legit military operation and, and that's just objectively speaking i mean if you look at what trump was up against 
uh, he, he was up against it very early on in 2016 or, or 2017, excuse me, when his presidency started. He was up against a, a political establishment that had control of the mainstream media, big tech, social media, Hollywood, all these things. And they had a complete grip on the narrative. Uh, that's how the whole Russian collusion hoax got started, right? How, how do you bypass how do you bypass those entities and get control of the narrative? It, it, you have to do something like what Q is. And, and there's some interesting connections about people that were in Trump's administration that got let go and some of the things they've done. I mean, it, it's in one of my articles, but that, that'd probably get us way too into the into the shit. But as far I as I want to get again, way into the shit, dog, we got all night. <laughs> so uh, okay, we can. I mean, we can. I want to get I got a lot of questions, you know. So do you think. You know, and, and this is getting into the speculation part, but do you think, uh, you know, now that we've established that there's some, there's a plan called devolution yeah. and uh, Trump signed an executive order in December, uh, a month before uh, the inauguration of Biden, we know that there's a plan. Now, there's a lot that we don't know about the plan and how the plan would be implemented. And, and mm-hmm. um, do you think... The the count I I like ca- calling it the counter. Let's call it the counter to sure. the new world order. Um, do you think Trump, the day he became president, or even before that, but let's just let's just mark a day. The day he became president, two thousand was seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Yep, January twentieth. Yeah. Do you think he knew? And the people that, I mean, they had to be a few other people that knew that were with them and they had some kind of counter. Do you think they already knew that in 2020 they were, they were going to set up a sting operation and they, they knew that at, in 2020 he had to step away and let Biden um, destroy uh, the country or attempt to in order to wake people up. I mean, they have to see it. You have to walk through the fire. Yeah. Do you think, do you think they like Trump already know? Okay. We, we, this is the plan. We're, we're gonna, I'm going to go in there for four years. We're going to unplug everything. And then uh, I got a dip because uh, for sure the counter had to be aware that big tech and the mainstream media were, were going to just rip Trump to shreds. They had to know that. So do you think the plan um, was um, to get in there for four years and then let Biden win for four years. What do you think? You know, I, I don't know when they actually decided that, like, hey, we're actually going to literally have to walk away from this, you know, for a time time being. But I, I think that they've been running. Okay, if you just again, if you objectively look at what Q is and when it started, they've been, uh, I mean, objectively running some sort of military type operation from very early on. And in one of my articles, I actually dive into this. I mean, th- think about. Our our military was witnessing the Obama administration and likely administrations before that committing all these scandals and crimes that compromise national security. And what is the military's mandate? It's to protect the homeland, right? And so if you see something like the selling, you know, the Iran nuclear deal or the Benghazi scandal or, um, you know, the gun walking scandal from Mexico, there's like 62 scandals or something on Wikipedia for just Barack Obama's presidency alone. And a majority of them compromise national security. how do you justify that as like being a, a good moral person or what we would call a white hat within our military and, and like having to just watch this stuff and let it happen? Because our military intelligence, it, it, they have the the most robust capabilities in, in the world. Like there's no way they didn't see this stuff happening. Right. And so how, how could they just let it let them get away with it? But 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 <clears throat> when you're 
when you're in the uh, uh, deep state, Illuminati, whatever you want to call it, um, you there, there's got to be meetings and they go, okay, oh, sure. we got to, at some point, you got to control the media. All right. Yep. Uh, you got to control Hollywood. You got to control the music business. You got to control corporations. You got to control DAs. You got to control, like, there's got, there's the list of all the shit oh, you yeah. got to control if you want the new world order. Don't you think that, I mean, if they had to, for decades, like, how do we capture? The military and military intelligence and control the military too, because that's that's something that could take us out and and yeah. kill this new world order plan. So there's got to be uh, a certain percentage of the military, because definitely they got the CIA and the FBI and, sure. the DO, and the DOJ. They got those motherfuckers at least at the senior level, at, at least sure. at the top levels, the 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 positions that matter. You know, all the low-level and middle-level CIA uh, agents and FBI agents, I'm sure they're good people, you know. But um, at the top, man, there's a lot of disgusting shit going on. Um, So wouldn't you think that they – the number one mission would be like we we because they like like uh, gangsters know that you got to control the coroner, yep. you got to control the the police chief of whatever city you're trying to control, you know. So sure. you would think like for the they've been trying to control the military too. So how do you trust the military? Well, this is what I look at. Okay, so if I I trust Trump, right? And if you look at how the military chain of command works, <laughs> excuse me, it goes the president, then it goes Secretary of Defense. And then it goes down to the 11 combatant commanders. Okay. These are the people in charge of the actual military within each of their demographic areas. And some of them are worldwide. So like that would be like uh, Eurasia or, you know, Northcom. Um, and then they have like a uh, cybercom special, special ops, transportation, all these, all these different combatant commands. All 11 of those were when Trump left were Trump appointees, all 11. There was, mm, didn't there was know a couple, that. Yep, there's a, there have been a couple that were promoted under Biden now, but if you look at it and read it, there were, uh, you know, the, these are people that were being considered. Like there's articles out there where, you know, I think it was the transportation comms. She got put in, it was probably a year ago by now, but um, there's articles from like two or three years ago where they were considering her under the Trump administration, but the person that was currently there wasn't done with his tenure yet. So Biden went and still promoted the, the Trump person that they were going to put in to that spot. You know, so like all these people in the highest level of the actual military, when you look at following military orders, are Trump people. And so, I mean, it's it, there's definitely a percentage of people within the military that are black hats, right? And there's probably a an even larger percentage that don't even know they're just fo- literally following orders. But that by walking away, it wasn't just about waking us up too. Trump had to wake up the military as well because the Biden administration has turned a lot of people that if there were genuine people in the military that weren't actually black hats that were just like apathetic and voted for Biden or whatever. They're probably not feeling that way anymore after some of them losing their job over the backs or, you know, whatever, they're probably pretty pissed off. And, and Trump over the last few months has uh, mentioned a couple times um, the, the difference between the TV generals and the real generals, right? Yep. Yeah. So like, and, and- uh, who are the TV generals that like the, 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 transgender generals or something right there's yeah there's a few <laughs> miley and like miley millie millie or whatever like uh, trump thinks you know he just refers to him as a tv general like like he really is like 
illegitimate almost, you know, the way he yeah, talks. You know, about I'm not, I'm not sure that he would have been able to pull something like devolution off without Millie though. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of like deception going on. Like, like, okay. So Bill Barr is a great example and Mike Pence too. Everybody like hates on Pence, hates on Barr, but in my mind, like they're, they're part of this. Like, there's no way, like, first of all, how, how could Trump, I mean, if you think that Trump could potentially have a plan put in place and stuff like this, and he's just, you know, potentially working against the new world order, how could he put a guy a heartbeat away from the presidency? That's, black hat you know what i mean exactly yeah it doesn't make any sense to me yeah so he's so you the think guy he, that we think so yeah is. so you think um like maybe you know because people turned on pence when he wouldn't um when he wouldn't decertify the election right yep. they turned on him and yep. they thought oh there you go proof he's uh he's a yeah, deep, deep state but yeah there's gotta be a lot of like like um like uh, people when they show pictures of um, and video with uh, of Trump with Klaus Schwab, for instance, they're like he's walking with Klaus Schwab and there is he's taking a picture with Klaus Schwab. Does it mean he's with Klaus Schwab? You know what I mean? It's like saying like um, <clears throat> there's an FBI st- a sting operation going on and there's this FBI informant posing as a, yeah. you know, a drug dealer. And then yeah. he's hanging out with gangsters, you know. I'm like, look, he's hanging out with gangsters. Like, yeah, it's a fucking sting operation, asshole. He's got a, a role to play. Where they're trying yeah. to. It, there's a. You got to look at the big picture. So, sure. um, when you see, I mean, unless Trump is deep state, you know what I mean. But going, you know, assuming he's not deep state. Yeah, there, there's no doubt in my mind he's not. But yeah, but yeah. People, people so assuming that. assuming that he's not, to me, when I see him, you know at a meeting with Klaus Schwab. Yeah. He's the president of the United States. He's, you know, he, you could see him standing next to Fauci. People say, why didn't he fire Fauci? And maybe he didn't fire Fauci to expose Fauci. You know, he just put him out there. Boom. Why would you fire that guy? That guy was responsible for AIDS, you know, and and a lot of shit. He's got to be exposed, you know, who's taking the brunt of the, the, or the, the COVID response shit right now too it's it's fauci it's not trump anymore yeah like it was yeah. for a while while trump was in there but yeah fauci and deborah Burke. i mean all these people that trump put to the forefront they're taking a lot of the, the brunt of the the blame for all this stuff and so that's exactly how trump operates so but, what do you uh, say to the people that were trump supporters had his back and felt betrayed when he went operation warp speed he went pro vaccine got the johnson and johnson guys up at his rallies, he's, you know, bragging about being the president that uh, um, was responsible for the vaccine. Like, what do you say to those people? Yeah, I mean, you got to think politics, because what if Trump would have came out anti-vax and anti all this stuff? And I mean, th- the, the media, again, they're, they're the big part of this. This is still a battle. Trump had to legitimately still win that election. Right. And if he couldn't do anything that would have risked him losing that election, I think coming out anti-vax would have done that. I mean, if you look at his supporters, his true supporters, and I've I've even done polls on this before in my chat. There are so many people that you know. Would you would you vote for Trump if the election was today? And like ninety nine percent of the people say yes. Okay, has Trump's pro vaccine stance, you know, lost your vote? And none of them say that that it would. They'd still vote for Trump even with his pro vaccine stance, and they wouldn't just get the vax because he said to. That's kind of what one of the things Trump did is he he taught us that we shouldn't trust anybody. The media, anybody, not even necessarily him. Like we, we should question everything, and and that's that's important. So he, taking a pro vaccine stance, it didn't really lose him any of his current supporters, but it didn't 
lose him, any of those moderates or people that were thinking about voting for him, you know, but COVID, they're fearful of COVID. If you would have came out anti-vax, the media would have, you know, blamed everything on him. That could have hurt him politically, right? So there, there's still an aspect to this politically where he had to do that. But then Operation Warp Speed itself, if you look at the actual documents, I do a whole article on this as well. I'll Operation about Warp that. Okay. Operation Warp Speed. It, okay. First of all, you know, right before Trump got put into office, Dr. Felchie was talking about, no, pull up my website again. Um, go to Article 15. Article? Yep. Right there. Okay. So scroll down just a little bit, a little bit. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Oh, for, first of all, these are, this, this is an interesting thing to read. These are all the failures and successes of the Joe Biden administration. Like they successfully stole an election and censored everybody and did all this stuff, but they can't like do a single thing politically. Like if you go to the next uh, black box there, like these are all the things they failed to do as Joe Biden is in office. This is a very interesting list to read. Like how, how are these guys have any modicum of control after stealing an election, but they can't get anything done. It just makes no sense. Right. But anyway, keep going. Um, let's get to the first major subheading. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, so right here, um, the foreshadowing. It was under Obama's administration that Dr. Holdren here, this is the guy who was in charge of, uh, he's the director of the OSTP. He's the one who lifted the moratorium on gain-of-function research. That's what Anthony Fauci was doing when, you know, COVID came out. Um, the, he wrote a book. Scroll down a little bit. Oh, I, I don't, I, I might not have put in this article, but he wrote a book back in the 70s that talked about, like, population control and, you know, too many people on there, all this stuff is very interesting. But then here, uh, again, shortly before Trump was inaugurated, January 11, 2017, Fauci's talking about Trump will no doubt face a surprise infectious disease outbreak. They were kind of telegraphing, telling us what yeah, was happening. Yeah, I saw that. That's I saw that on video. That's uh, yep. super viral. Yep. And then there's all these like pandemic exercises that, you know, Harvard, Claydex, Event 201. I mean, there's tons of these. But then so they, they were telegraphing what was going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind that Trump also saw this and again the military intelligence saw this they're not stupid these the, the military again the most robust intelligence capabilities in the world most robust technology capabilities in the world this is all public information that i put together imagine what they can get from non-public sources so again trump's national security strategy uh he actually specifically talks about bio threats right there combat bio threats and pandemics Biological incidents have a potential to cause catastrophic loss of life, biological threats to the United States homeland, whether as a result of deliberate attack, accident, or natural outbreak are growing. Um, and then the very last highlight there, by taking lives, generating economic losses, and contributing to a loss of confidence in government institutions. He basically spelled out what COVID did right there. And this was in his 2017 national security strategy. 2018, he released his national biodefense strategy. And this is very interesting because scroll down a little bit. Um Two years before the scamdemic, he already had this going. Yep. Yep. Scroll down even further. I'm going to get to uh, right here. He's talking about deliberate and accidental biological threats. He's talking about science and, and all this stuff. You know, science is a potential to facilitate intentional misuse. But then it, within the same national biodefense strategy, look what he has there. Support the continuity of operations. And then uh, preserve the continuity of operations. And I think that it even says the word. Yeah. The 4.2.5, maintain comprehensive and effective continuity of operations, including appropriate devolution to ensure preservation of the United States government structure under the U.S. Constitution. Damn. Yep, and it's 2018 uh, National Biodefense Strategy. Okay, so keep going a little bit further. Um, th this is where – have you heard people talk about that executive order he did about modernizing 
influenza vaccines and how they're like, oh, that this was Trump basically allowing COVID to happen, right? Well, I I, I don't buy into that because if if you go down, keep going, um, right here. So this is this was a uh, done by the House Republican Committee uh, or House Foreign Affairs Republicans. They put out this report where they they studied the Wuhan and virology and and they came up with a timeline of roughly when COVID came out. And it, they they determined it had to be sometime before September twelfth of twenty nineteen, okay? Because that's it was the middle of the night, September twelfth. The the Wuhan and virology their sample database went completely offline, and then uh, shortly thereafter in October they had the military games in in Wuhan, and all of a sudden it's all over the world. And then also they it, the the key one there too satellite imagery of Wuhan in September and October showed a significant uptick in number of people. But they're basically telling us that they had satellites watching. And they had they had their eyes on this in Wuhan. They had satellite imagery of it. Okay, so scroll down a little bit further. This is where it gets interesting. September 10th, President Trump fired John Bolton. He's a he's a joke. September 18th, he hires Robert O'Brien as a national security advisor, replacing John Bolton. And this is this guy's a, a very key player to devolution. He he's he's the national continuity coordinator that national continuity coordinator that Trump placed. Uh, in that executive order 13961, the devolution executive order. But anyway, the very next day after Robert O'Brien takes office, he issues executive order 13887. And then scroll down a little bit, and this is what's interesting here, a few things. Um, they create this task force, which is co-chaired by the Secretary of Defense and Secretary of Health and Human Services. And they're, they're the ones that are you know, setting out to modernize influenza vaccines. But then go a little bit further, what it also does, <clears throat> a little bit further... Uh, right here, the Secretary of Defense. This is what this is what this executive order did for just the Secretary of Defense and the Defense Department. They uh, could procure influenza vaccines. They can conduct their own studies for vaccine effectiveness. They could identify opportunities for vaccine research development enterprise. This basically allowed the Department of Defense to work on their own vaccine research. This executive order. Okay, so now scroll down a little further, and I think I get into. Okay, so right here, this was announced on December. Scroll up a, a hair. Yeah, December 21st, 2021, a little less than a year ago, the Army was coming out with a single vaccine against all COVID and SARS variants. Okay, so this would kill the current vaccine and, and shut down any future variants they have. They were working on this for years. It says it started, it's been almost two years of work. It started in early 2020, so it started under Trump. And there were no leaks about this. This happened at Walter Reed, and nobody leaked that this vaccine research was happening. How does that make sense? Like especially if Biden. So what is the, what is the reason for that? Because this is a, a, a this, I'm saying it's a Trump thing. This is like a Biden took office on January 20th. He's supposedly the commander in chief of our military, but he didn't know about this going on. I mean, this surely would have leaked and it would have been shut down because we know Biden's a, a globalist. He doesn't want the vaccine to ever end. Yeah. So he, they would have shut this down. But anyway, it's coming out. But then um. Scroll down a little bit further, and I get into what actual Operation Warp Speed really is right here. So Operation Warp Speed, this is from the documentation itself of what Operation Warp Speed is. It's a partnership between the same two individuals, the Department of Defense and Department of Health and Human Services, the same two people from that executive order we just showed you. And their whole job here was to support the development, manufacture, and distribution of vaccines to help achieve getting to, to market, essentially. So, you know, there's people out there that talk about oh, there's this, you know, five, 10 year plan of, you know, we're going to research the vaccine for five years, we're going to slowly roll them out for five years. And by then everybody's gonna be dead and super poor. And we're gonna have a liberal new world order by then anyway. So it doesn't matter, right? Trump with Operation Warp Speed, 
in the documentation, literally forced them to get this stuff to market by using the, the military, the Department of Defense. They supported the development of it, the manufacturing of these vaccines, and the distribution of it. They made them get it to market. Super they made who? Big Pharma? Big Pharma, yep. Now, explain to me, how, how do, does this have anything to do with the fact that they're, you know, uh, one vaccine in nine months or however long it took uh, is a miracle, but four vaccines in a month? Oh, they had them already. I mean, yeah. Patents. So, how does that tie into this? How, they you had know, them already. Did uh, I, I think it just goes to show more so that they they were planning this for a long time, like something like this, you know, whatever it was. I mean, there's all this stuff going on with the biolabs in Ukraine, and, and there's there's more in in other countries. I mean, what kind of stuff are they actually up to? We we don't know. I, I think someday, eventually, we'll find out. But with COVID, enough has come out that it, you know it, it appears that they were planning this for a while, and they already had the vaccine ready to go. And that's again Operation Warp Speed basically made them get it out they, they couldn't they couldn't hide it and hold on to it now when when trump was talking about um like in maybe august or september of uh 2019 he was saying oh we're gonna have the vaccine done by october or november and and when he would say that they would ask kamala and and joe biden what they thought of this and they were like, nah, he's full of shit. It's, it takes 10 years. He's full of shit. He's crazy. It's not going to happen. And if it does, who's going to take it? Who's going to trust it? They yeah. were so against it. Yeah. And then when it uh, actually happened, they made a 180 and then they just, they pretended like they were all about it this whole time. Yeah. And uh, so explain that. Why? Well, well, think about it. Did they, they did they, when they were, talking shit on Trump for saying that at that point, that wasn't part of their plan, right? Part of their plan. Was it to drag it out 10 years? Well, okay. So again, what I said earlier, this is all a regular warfare, right? It's, and that's a battle for the narrative. The narrative they were trying to put forth was that not only was Trump a danger to the, the country and a Russian asset, all this stuff, this crazy madman, but he was failing the vaccine response. And so that's what that all was all about. They, and that's why like the day after the election was over, they came out like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a, a vaccine here in a couple of weeks, guys. They, they didn't they didn't release that until they thought they had the winner in, in Joe Biden, and that, then everything switched, right? It was yeah. all it's all about the narrative, and that's a regular warfare is is such a not many people know about it, but it's such a important aspect to this because that's that's what it's all about. It's all a battle of the narrative and ripping people that have been hypnotized or blinded or lied to, whatever, away from the media's grip on these narratives. That, that's what this whole thing is about. That's why Trump had to walk away because everybody knew Trump won that election. And and I think even even the Democrats and the left, I mean, they, they obviously knew it, too. They, they thought he was going to do something about it. I mean, think about January 6th. That, that whole thing was a false flag. And they immediately rushed to impeach him because they were terrified that Trump was going to prevent Biden from taking office. I mean, Nancy was shitting her pants over the nukes. She was, you know, talking to Millie and, and making sure that, you know, there would be no insurrection, all this stuff. They were afraid that Trump was going to do something because they knew he had the evidence of it. But then he, he walked away, and I think he surprised them just as much as he surprised anybody, honestly. Um, Dave from X-22, he's always talking about how, and for the last year, before the vaccine passports were implemented in L.A., where I'm at, uh, he was saying that, um, you know, because he was trying to address 
the you know the fact that you know Trump's stance on the vaccines you, you know he was all about it taking credit operation warp speed and he was saying and i don't know if it came from stuff you were posting or someone else but he was saying he was always saying oh no this it's just he has to be pro vaccine it's to fuck up their plan of dragging it out for 10 years you know um if we put it out now it's too soon the infrastructure is in place. They don't have a, a worldwide database and they, they don't have the infrastructure to, to do the vaccine passports proper. So if they rush it, you know, it'll, it'll fuck everything up. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. That's yeah. exactly what happened. They implemented the vaccine passports everywhere. In LA, I couldn't even go to my local mall. With that, and, and that's when I was like, I got to get to Florida. This is no longer up for debate. The city council has decided they have voted and they passed the ordinance 11 to 2. It essentially applies to all indoor public spaces. The ordinance would require people to be fully vaccinated to do simple things like go shopping at a mall, restaurants, bars, gyms, sports arenas, museums, spas, Naren Hills, hair salons, also indoor city, city facilities. It applies to everyone 12 and older. Those with medical or religious exemptions will need to provide a recent negative COVID-19 test. Fuck, once they put it in LA, I'm like, they're never going to take this shit out. They're never going to pull it out. Let's get the fuck out. Went to Tampa, got a real estate agent looking for spots and everything. And um, then they pulled everything out. Thank God I didn't move. They pulled everything out. And that's that can't be part of the New World Order plan to put in vaccine passports everywhere and then pull them out? Like, no. what's the... That can't be the plan. The plan would be put them in, keep them in, and that's it. They're in. And then just have them grow. But they pulled everything. And, and, and you know, most of the world, too, like the U.K., you, the, the U.K. pulled all the vaccine passport uh, requirements and all that. It's, it's crazy. For all your 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu merchandise, please visit 10thplanetjj.com slash shop. We also got to look into a T-shirt that just dropped. Thank you very much for your support. So um, I look at it as wherever Dave got that info, like he was right. Cause look what happened yeah. a year later. It's exactly what happened. Vaccine passports fell apart. Yeah. It, it's, it's so true. I mean, and, and that's, I think Trump did the best he could with the hand he was dealt when it came to the whole COVID thing itself. I mean, the COVID was way completely blown out of proportion. I mean, we, we all know it, you know, and, but it was it was driven by the left and the media. Again, it, it was a narrative they wanted to put forth because they wanted to implement this mass mail-in ballots to steal the yep. election. They they knew yep. well ahead of time they were going to have to steal the election. This was this was their opportunity to do it. And so again, it was all a narrative thing. And if imagine if Trump, it, they were showing all these videos of people dying in China, and you know all, all they were doing this whole scare tactic to try to scare the nation into this. You know, they're they're trying to paralyze us, paralyze us, and control us with fear. And if Trump came out and was like anti-vax anti-covid all this stuff like and was telling the truth about things can you imagine what that would, would have done like yeah that would have just uh left no room to discuss anything else they would have just that would have yeah. clogged up the news cycles uh you know and it, it would have destroyed know, it worked it, operation warp speed to me sounds like um like uh someone who is anti-vax and is pretending to be pro-vax and is going to call um, um, uh, 
a, a vaccine operation, like the last thing you'd want to call, you don't want to call a, a vaccine project Operation Warp Speed. That's like a joke. Like, that's the last thing you want. Like Warp Speed doesn't even exist. That's like fast, faster than the speed of light. That's like some Star Trek shit. It sounds like a joke. Like, like it's a joke. Like we're going to get this vaccine out like that. And that's the last thing you'd want for a vaccine. You want your vaccine operation to be called Operation Take Your Time, do all the trials, <laughs> make sure it's safe, take your time, right? So yeah. you don't want your, so it's almost like, uh, like a um like an obvious joke almost you know like yeah like like let's just cool. let's just release it right away they're not ready they're gonna they're gonna have to push it and then it's gonna all fall apart and that's what dave was talking about a year ago and that's exactly what happened vaccine yeah. passports are fucking dead dead yeah, so that's pretty crazy and that's like that's what i would consider as kind of like a devolution proof like the, the new world order doesn't have the control in so many areas that they should have control in if Biden actually won the presidency. I mean, why haven't we gone to Ukraine? Why haven't we, uh, you know, when Joe Biden was trying to get us back into the Iran nuclear deal, our military was bombing Iranian-backed militia facilities, like, at the same, during the meetings, at the same time. How, how does that make sense? It's a, there, there's so many contradictions. I mean, Joe Biden's presidency is just one big-ass contradiction. That's That's all it is. I mean, he's selling he's selling our oil reserves while our gas prices are so high to China, to a company that his son has money in. I mean, how does that make any sense? So, OK, let's say devolution is real. So elements of the military are actually in control. Biden is not in control. Um, so. The counter must be to let. Uh, the Biden administration do the dumbest shit, right? Because it's just dumb shit after dumb shit after dumb shit. It's it's uh, has to be part of the process of waking people up and snapping them out of their trance, right? Like like they're like, oh, it's all it's almost like it's almost like the the white hat military people are like they're having meetings to think of the, like the dumbest shit they could have Biden do. Like what, what else right. could we do? How about, how about we pull everybody let's pull out of Afghanistan and leave all the military equipment there. Fuck. Yeah. Like, Oh, let's do it. It's, it's, it's almost like that. Let's what dumb shit can we have this motherfucker do? Right. It's, it's so true. But again, so it, it pull, pull up my website, devolution.link and go to uh part 22. Cause, cause I think this is, this is going to really hit it home for you. I, I think, and for a lot of people, because it honestly like really hit it home for even me. As the world watches and listens in horror, the peaceful pro-democracy demonstration in China comes to a violent and bloody end. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Wolves hiding nearby, whispering, do or die, around me. Wolves 
another very important phase of warfare. It has as its target, not the body, but the mind of the enemy. The target of psychological warfare is against the enemy's mind. It is words and ideas. Ammunition used by Cywar. Its mission is to influence the thoughts of the enemy soldiers. And at the same time, is expected and encouraged to study foreign languages and the social sciences such as history, economics, and sociology. He must have a broad and sympathetic understanding of all phases of human experience. Gripping at my skin, the walls of night closing. But the use of this force as an integral part of combat has now taken on new form. the Psy War soldiers. Is this a documentary? No. Keep, keep this keep this pull, this article pulled up now. Scroll down just a tad and look who put this out. This was put out on May 2nd of 2022, so not that long ago, yeah. by the 4th PSYOP group. Okay, that's part of our military that conducts psychological operations. They, if you scroll down a, a little bit more, um, they talk about what they do. So PSYOP forces are masters of influence, the core of information warfare. Uh, scroll back up a tad. It's that top part there, uh, right there. We conduct influence activities to target psychological vulnerabilities and create or intensify fissures, all this stuff. So their big thing is uh, clandestine and deception. And this is supposedly a recruiting video. You don't get into, you don't like put out a commercial or a YouTube video to recruit for this kind of group you, you do it from people already within your military that kind of want to specialize or whatever right so this whole video being released as a recruiting video was bullshit in my opinion this i i almost took this as a message but when you dig in and, and let's go down a little further a little further so right here this is a big one the the fourth psyop group falls under the first special forces command so it's special operations and special operations is a huge part of the devolution series because of some of the moves that Trump made right after Joe Biden was declared the winner of the 2020 election. And I, I don't know if I go into this, get going into in this article, but on November 7th, Joe Biden was declared the winner. And you know what? Actually, I think I do. Let, let's keep going a little bit. <coughs> we can skip through this. Okay, so the, the, this a, a regular warfare annex. This was what I said was put out. Um, about a month before the election, right down there, October 2nd, 2020, the Department of Defense put out this annex to the regular uh, to the national defense strategy. And it goes into regular warfare, which is PSYOPs, right? The, where this video came from. Keep going down, keep going down. Keep going. We'll get to the good stuff here. Keep going. Keep going. 
Okay. So uh, th- this is where it gets kind of interesting. So November 7th, Joe Biden declared the winner. November 9th, um, Christopher C. Miller was named as the acting secretary of defense. Okay, because this is where it's so interesting because Trump made all these moves right after the election in the Department of Defense. Christopher Miller's background is all special operations, psyops, irregular warfare, all this stuff. Okay. Then the next day he puts in a guy who's in charge of continuity of government at the Department of Defense. Uh, the next day he puts in Cash Patel and Ezra Cohen Watnick. Ezra Cohen Watnick um it was already the acting secretary of defense. Hold, hold it here for a second. He was already the acting secretary of defense for uh, special operations and low intensity conflict at the time that Trump made all these moves. He was the one who put out this annex. Ezra Cohen Watnick's office put out the irregular warfare annex. And then on November 11th, he was named the uh also the undersecretary of defense for intelligence. So he, he was the highest level civilian in, in special operations and intelligence. Okay. Scroll down a little further. Let's keep going. Okay. And this is where it talks about um, what irregular warfare is the great power competition, near peer competitors, conflict short of war, um, and, and any conflict on our terms. It's, it, these are a lot of the terms and language that was used in that devolution executive order that I showed you earlier. And I think I even screen capped that if you go down a little further. Yeah, see the, the federal mission resilience strategy. I, our adversaries will not attempt to fight us on our terms, adept at competing below the threshold of armed conflict. So, again, Trump was re- referencing irregular warfare in that executive order where he implemented this continuity of government plan. And then it talks about influencing populations, affecting legitimacy, um, <coughs> MISO, military information support operations, that's PSYOPs. Uh, keep going down. Keep going down. I mean, this is just everything from that irregular warfare annex. Um, okay, I think that that might be, uh, we, we can, let's just keep scrolling down. I'll see if I find anything else that I, I should touch on. But the, the big point here was the, the military released this video from the fourth psyops talking about irregular warfare and, and all this weird stuff, which was completely unnecessary because they don't recruit people to that branch. And then you think about irregular warfare in terms of, you know, influencing populations. That's what we've seen happen. I believe since Joe Biden's was, was inaugurated. It's been the White Hats that have been influencing our population and pulling them away from the grips of of the enemy, of now, the media. Now, what do you think? What do you think is? Um, it, I know you don't like you don't like to speculate too much, but uh, mm-hmm. speculate a little bit. Where do you think we're headed? How is this going to unfold? Sure. So, uh, it, it's hard to tell. Devolution. There's no like end date on it. Like it just says short-term, mid-term or long-term, you know, situations. It could go on for another two years with Biden, right? Easily. It could go on till then. But this is my thing when it comes to First, I look at Trump's character, right? He's not a guy that's going to let somebody just steal an election and and get away with it. Right. I mean, it just, it's one thing for him to lose fairly, fairly, and he'd still be pissed off losing fairly, but to have to be cheated like that, it just does not, that doesn't jive with him. And then he's had all these interesting uh, comments and and weird things that he's said. Uh, gosh, I have a, a minute and 18 second video that I would love to, to show it. you. Let me let me see if I can pull it up here. There we go. Let's see if this plays. We got them by we got them by surprise in 2016, and they said we're never going to let that happen again, and they cheated. 
And it's a shame that they're allowed to get away. And let's see whether or not they do get away, because I don't think they will get away with it. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, when you rob uh, the store of its diamonds, I always say Tiffany, and you rob Tiffany of its diamonds and you get caught, you're supposed to return them. We caught them cheating. Uh, You're going to let somebody that cheated stay for three more years? I can't imagine it. And they're going to get three more years. They rig an election. They're going to get another three more years. What should happen is... Uh, what the plan that we're on now, and I think a plan that's going to make people very, very happy, we'll be announcing sometime later. No, it's not something I want to do. I want to look at what's happening, and then we're going to be doing something else. No, it's not something I would be interested in. And the vote counters were, uh, there was great dishonesty. Look, it's been proven. Look at Wisconsin, what's going on. Sure. I think they may decertify their election. Yeah. Let it come back. Let it come back strong. will be bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Something's going to happen. The election was rigged. They've undone some of it, not all of it. Some of it, not all of it. They'll never be able to do all of it because we'll be acting long before they can do all of it. So I mean, he's he's dropping all these subtle hints that something's going to happen. Now it's yeah. it's it's my personal opinion that I think something has to happen before these midterms because I don't care what you say, I don't care how big of a red wave you think we're going to have. We all felt the same way leading into 2020. You would ask anybody, even the apathetic people, like anybody who wasn't following what the mainstream media was trying to tell us, they all knew Trump was going to win. Just looking at the rallies, everything we were we had a massive red wave in 2020 and they stole it anyway. We haven't fixed enough for these upcoming elections. To prevent that from happening again. And so I, I almost think. What about I, I think, Youngkin in Virginia? Didn't that kind of prove that uh, if it's harder for them to cheat? They still, they're still going to cheat. They're still going to the, try their hardest, but uh, it's harder now, right? I, I did a show with, uh, I interviewed Jovan Pulitzer and he, he was talking about that. They, they were like, they were trying to, they were going to, but there were so many eyes on them. They, they almost, they, they, they couldn't. But I mean, if you imagine a national election like this, and this, this is their, you know, last stand here. If if they don't steal this election, they're screwed. They know it. Everybody knows it. But I think it's still too big of a risk for Trump to just let it play out. I, I think based on everything we've seen happen from January 20th till now, we've seen this huge, you know, a mass awakening of sorts, but we still haven't really seen the big mass awareness event related to the election. And I think that stuff's coming. We have the pit coming up here soon. It's, where what's the, that? That's a, a new great documentary. Films. No, it's Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht. They're putting on this uh, event where they're bringing in a bunch of influencers and they're going to be talking about this. They have a story that they say is 10 times bigger than the mules really? in terms. Yeah. In terms of impact, it involves a foreign government and involves uh, what they consider to be an act of war. And our government pretty much let it happen, they said. And so this, again, it's something that I I fully believe Trump caught the election theft and caught foreign involvement. And that's all he needed. Uh, to have the authority to implement something like devolution. It's just a matter of when this unfolds. And I, I think it almost has to unfold before the midterms, or at least something has to come out before the midterms that would initiate Trump's return. And whether that's states decertifying or what Joe Von Pulitzer calls the maladministration of elections and rerunning it, um, or maybe it's something that goes to the Supreme Court and SCOTUS. I, I don't know how it unfolds, but I think it, it it's... But you know, think it's, it's got to happen before the midterms? That's my opinion. Opinion. I, I don't know. It, this technically could go on till. And there's a lot of really smart people, smarter than me, that have an opposite opinion that think we are in this for the long haul till 2024. I don't. I don't think we can survive that either. But the the biggest the biggest thing for us is election integrity. The, these people have been stealing elections for decades, and by 
doing so, they're they're going con- contrary to the will of the people, and they're keeping themselves in power, and they have royally screwed us. I mean, everything has gone to shit because these people steal elections. Until that's fixed, our country won't be fixed. Yeah, it's all about the election process, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. Um, n- now, you know, looking back, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years out from the election, um, it's clear to see that those, uh, you know, the arrests would have done nothing. You know, they would have just replaced mm-hmm. him with another demon. You know, they could have they would have arrested Hillary, Bill, Obama and Michelle. That would have done nothing. It's yeah. all about fixing the election process, you know, and and crippling the media because because the yeah. media is yeah. they're, they're, they're Trump's just, called them the enemy of the people. Right. Yeah, they are. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, How many scandals could we have avoided if yeah. if we had a free and fair press that was legitimate? It's so important. Yeah. And you, we're watching, you know, at least CNN, they're falling apart. You know, we're watching mm-hmm. that and <clears throat> little by little. And then, you know, we got Truth Social, you know, if. Are um, you on Truth Social? You know what? I try to get on it and they won't send me a confirmation email. It's so crazy. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I try to get, get on. Get the hell on there, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to try to get on again. I, I got the app and everything, and I signed no up. Way. And then they say, okay, we're going to send you a confirmation email. And they never sent it to me. I checked. You, my- you would love it. You'd be a, you'd yeah. be a hit over there, man. I, yeah, actually, eventually, I, I'm I know a get guy. On. Eventually, I know a guy who knows a guy who's a developer or something over there. That if you're having issues, like I can, I can text him to text him to make sure like you get something. So, yeah, let's set it up. I'm I'm totally okay. down for sure because I mean I got off Twitter two years ago. I mean I'm like fuck Twitter. Twitter's yeah. trash. I used to be so into Twitter like eight years ago. I was so I was like ooh I got some free time to get on Twitter and, and yeah. interact with people. <laughs> now now it's fucking gross. You know I'm just on Instagram and um, I got a business. I got I got a a, a worldwide jujitsu. organization going on and and i that's the only reason i'm on social media if i didn't if i didn't have this jujitsu thing going on i would i would just wouldn't ever even be on social media i think but but truth social that sounds like a a spot that i I would uh, hang with but i'm just on instagram i killed my facebook i killed my twitter and i'm just holding on to instagram for uh for business you know i talk a little shit too you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk a little shit, you know, but um, my YouTube's clean. I don't say shit on YouTube. That's all pure business, you know, sure. uh, but that's why I have this podcast. This podcast, this is where I'm going to talk shit. You know, you want to hear me yeah. talk shit? You know, I'm not going to talk shit on YouTube. They got that. I, what's the point? They're just going to kill my fucking account. I got yeah. I got a business to run. So I'll talk shit on Rockfin because Rockfin is uh, everybody at the top of Rockfin. They're all um, um, awake. You yeah, know, they're all great guys. Like. Uh, uh, Martin, um, Jaime, you know, Nick, all those sure. guys are like, they're, they're just letting us go off, you know? And, and, uh, I fucking love it, man. So I found a spot, found a platform where I could, I could speak my mind, you know, that's free awesome. speech and all that. Uh, but YouTube, you just can't, you know, you got to play yeah. the game. You got to play I'm the personally game. Personally on, on rumble. I've had no issues with rumble. I, I got I, my first, I did one show to YouTube, my first show that I ever did. And they gave me a warning like after my first show. And so I was like, yeah, screw that. I'm done. Yeah, so I, I went to rumble YouTube. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. It's just stay off that shit, you know? Um, but Rockfin is, is amazing, man. I just, you know, great. I just say whatever the fuck I want, you know, um, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think is going on with 
Putin and Xi Ping and yeah. like who's a good guy and who's a bad guy? You know what I mean? It's like is is uh the whole Ukraine versus Russia thing, is it just two cartels battling? And they're both bad, but sometimes the friend of your enemy or the enemy of your enemy is your friend, whatever you know yeah. that saying is. I, I, I don't know. Because, I mean, Putin, Russia has, Russia's communist, so they, they have to be bad. I, I, have, I have students from Russia, and they're yeah. like, dude, you can't, you can't say anything against the narrative in Russia. They just ghost you. They just disappear you. Um, the, so what do you think is going on? My litmus test is always the media, right? So you look at the media, what is the media saying? Yeah. It's bullshit. Okay, so yeah. the media is trying to say that Russia is this like evil, corrupt thing, and they're doing something really, really bad. And then you know that's probably not the whole truth. And so you look into it. Back in 2019, Trump worked with Putin and Russia to take out ISIS in the Middle East. Like they they worked together against a common enemy, right? And then you look at. I did a whole article on Putin. Putin. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he's a good guy by any means, but I think him and Trump again share a common enemy in the globalists and the New World Order. Putin hated Obama, hated Hillary because they tried to meddle in his elections and and their affairs. And he got so pissed back in, I think it was 2011, 2012. And then, uh, so you look at who is, who is Putin actually attacking and taking out in Ukraine? It's this, the, the neo-Nazi Azov battalion. Like that, that's the truth that that's actually happening. Like all these clips you see, they're from, you know, three years ago. I mean, the, the media is totally gaslighting us and trying to build this support for Ukraine so that we can send all this money over there because that's their money money laundering scheme. That's Joe Biden and the, the corrupt Democrats money laundering scheme. But anyway, Azov Battalion is this neo-Nazi group. That's who the, the Putin is, is targeting. You look who founded uh, the, the Azov Battalion. It was Igor Kolomoisky. Igor Kolomoisky is the owner of Burisma Holdings, the place oh, where shit. Hunter worked. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I don't know exactly like what is going on over in, in Ukraine, but it's it's not what the media has portrayed it. And I do believe it's more so something that, I mean, Ukraine in general is this huge, just corruption pit for the Democrats on the left. I mean, think Hillary Clinton and, um, you know, George Soros is, is in that area. And uh, what's the other name? Um, God, what's the other guy's name? I can't think of it now. Well, there's another Clash super made. No, there's a guy who donated to the Hillary Foundation. It was like $20 million. I can't think of it now. But, but anyway, if, if, if that is a hub of corruption and, and like their money laundering central, at some point you're going to have to take it out if you're going to defeat the deep state, right? But if you're Trump, you can send U.S. boots in there to do it. And you also couldn't have Putin do it while Trump was in office because that's a political hit against him. And he, that could have risked him losing the election. And so it makes sense that you know Trump walks away and all of a sudden – Putin's balls deep in Ukraine right now and and clearing shit up. And also we're getting all this documents about, you know, these biolabs over there that's been run by the US and and similar to, you know, the Fauci led departments and everything and and the Sazob Battalion and all we're sending boatloads of money. Like every week we see a new news article, another billion dollar aid package to to Ukraine. Like, what the hell are we doing that for? We have so many problems. Our, our economy's falling apart and we're just sending money away. It, how does that make any sense? Do you think that's like all the money that's being sent to Ukraine, is it being watched like uh, some kind of sting operation? Are they, are they what, like, uh, like all this money that's getting sent over, obviously it's, it's, it's getting laundered and stolen. And yep. it's, uh, are they letting it get stolen? Are, are they watching it? Are they following the money? Yeah. Uh, this, I this, think the people that are um, running the devolution program. 
I, I don't know necessarily that they're following the money, but I think they're kind of just letting shit happen because I, I think no matter what, we're heading towards some sort of financial reset. And I think I think Trump saw that right on the wall a long time ago. I mean, we have so much debt. We have so much government spending. At some point, this this dam is going to break, and it's it's basically being artificially propped up right now the way it is. And so then you look at what Trump did, and when COVID came out, he starts upping our spending. And I mean, you look at the printing of money that happened during COVID that Trump kind of kicked off. I mean, it's been insane, and it hasn't stopped since. We're we're heading towards this great reset, right? That Klaus Schwab wants the great great reset. We want a great reset too, but who's going to be there at the end to press the reset button? Because if they get their way, then it's like this liberal new world order where we have these carbon credits, and you can only use your carbon credit card if you drive a smart, you know, electric car. All this shit. But that, what if Trump is there to press the reset button? What if Trump wants a reset too? But how do you get a reset in Trump scenario? You have these executive orders in place that, you know, if you're a foreign country that captured our or that interfered in our election, you get your assets seized. If you are a party to any sort of corruption or um, human trafficking, stuff like that, you could have your assets seized. Think of all the think of all the companies and, and China itself. Trump called for $60 trillion from China over COVID. That would wipe out our national debt right there. If we if if Trump's executive orders, which, by the way, all these executive orders, the major impactful ones that Trump had issued, they're all still in place. Biden didn't remove any of the ones that would hurt him. In in a devolution scenario, he he hasn't touched a single one. They're all still in place. In fact, Biden even re-upped them. He re-upped the executive order thirteen eight four eight, which is foreign interference in our elections. He re-upped it last September twelfth, and he's going to do it again here. I bet in in about a month. In your opinion, why did he do that? Why would he do that? Because he's kind of being forced. He has no choice. I I don't know exact. I don't know where the devolution team's control ends and Biden's control begins. But there are so many things that is happening like there's some sort of big muddy blurry line there there's so many things that are happening that make no sense yeah sometimes i I think sometimes i think um (laughs) just like you said you don't know where devolution their power ends and biden's Mm -hmm. power begins sometimes i think shit is so fucking retarded that it's almost like Biden is not making any calls and the people running devolution are making the calls just like, okay, what do we, let's, let's, what do we, what do we do next? Uh, what about we, uh, you know, uh, what about a food shortage? Fuck. They go, yeah, yeah. What about a baby food shortage? What about we have, you know, Biden fall off a fucking 10 speed bike and it goes viral, you know? Well, you know, one of the like thoughts that was planned, you know, like let's have him fall off his 10 speed, make him look like uh- a moron. I've had a lot of uh, I've had a tough time trying to reconcile like the White Hats or Trump and the devolution team actually calling all the shots, you know, about Biden. Then they'd be the ones kind of putting through a lot of the stuff. But just lately, I've been thinking, okay, so we know for a fact. I mean, there's public documents out there that Joe Biden is like he's in the pocketbook of China, like China and Hunter Biden and all this. The CCP controls Joe Biden and Joe Biden has made moves in his presidency to benefit his family and the CCP, like financially. And one of my future articles, I'm going to be talking about this. Like there, there's hard evidence and things that he, presidential actions Biden took that benefited a, an enemy, a communist this, enemy. This is what confused me about that is, okay, that's what I thought too. That's I'm thinking, yeah, uh, there's been infiltration and it's coming from some kind of communist entity. It's got to be China. It seems like China is running this infiltration program. Um, so now Pelosi goes to Taiwan 
China's mm. talking all sorts of shit. That they're pissed off that Pelosi's in Taiwan. And then also Xi Jinping is hanging out with Putin and they, they're going to start their own currency. Yeah. That is like, if okay, so China think, is think, running Biden, why are they pretending that they're mad and ta- at, 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 at Pelosi for going to Taiwan? Maybe, maybe that's Xi, Xi, Xi Jinping's idea. Like, okay, let's have Pelosi go to Taiwan and we'll pretend we're fucking pissed. Yeah. And that's where we start the war. Well, you know, well this is what I'm thinking. So like, Trump, Trump and devolution and Trump, Trump, while he's president, the the whole BRICS, you know, coalition that's forming with Putin, um, China, uh, Saudi Arabia, all these people where they're doing their own currency and everything. That's it's a gold back currency, which Trump is a fan of. And, you know, I, I almost think that's a vision of Trump's in a way. What if Trump is almost using China to control Biden? You know what I mean? Because he's beholden to him. And what if, what if China doesn't like what the new world order and globalists want to do <clears throat> too? I mean, it, some of the moves that Xi Jinping, and this has been another one of those things, like it's been really hard for me to come around and be like, okay, is Trump actually working with Xi too? Like I could see him working with Putin, but I can't see him working with Xi. Not saying Xi's a good guy, but some of the moves he's made, like he's he's almost actively destroying his own economy in a lot of ways. Like he, it, it doesn't make any sense for a guy who's supposedly working with the globalists. Like he's he crippled his own tech. I, I mean, some of the biggest, um, some of the biggest. Uh, you know, like BlackRock and and some of these real estate businesses over there, and not BlackRock, but there's another one that completely collapsed because they didn't re up one of their their funding models. And then and then too, the, one of uh, Hunter Biden's business partners, Yi Jin Ming or whatever his name is, he got arrested for corruption by the CCP and, and Xi Jinping back in 2018. Like, why would he arrest a guy connected to the Bidens? Makes yeah, no sense. It's so confusing. It just, it just the confusion just goes deeper and deeper too. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, okay, Israel, uh, Israel's run is, is has blackmailing everybody. They're running everything, but Obama isn't he like on the the Muslim Brotherhood? And don't yeah. the don't the Muslims hate Israel? Israel, they're like bombing each other. Obama, how did Obama get in if he was Muslim? How did he get in if Israel's running everything? Uh, I don't know, man. How does that work? There's so much to it. I don't know. Like, how does that work? Like, I don't. And then Putin is at war with the Taliban. And is the Taliban, like, I I don't, I mean, who knows? Shit. Well, the the Taliban thing is interesting, too, because before Trump left office, I mean, we had 18 months where there was no soldiers killed in Iraq or in the the Middle East, whatever, Afghanistan. Trump had a deal with the Taliban. To where they were going to take over and kind of fight the terrorists on our behalf. And we were going to back down to a, a small, a very small army, like 500 people. They weren't, they weren't ever actually going to do a full withdrawal, but they're going to decrease the size significantly. And the Taliban was going to take over fighting people in that country. So then you think the whole Afghanistan situation, I mean, everybody's harping like Joe Biden did this botched with, withdrawal and the Taliban got like $80 billion of equipment or whatever it was. I mean, if, if you're Trump and you're making a deal with a group of people to fight terrorists, you're probably going to supply them with weapons. I mean, did this actually work out exactly how Trump had planned it? Yeah, and the whole they left, like they left, like how many billions of dollars of military? Yeah, I think it's like eighty billion or something like that. Yeah. No way. Like to me, when I hear that, I'm like, shut the fuck up. You didn't leave shit. Why would you leave it when you could sell it to them? 
You know, why would you leave it when you, you guys are all about money and laundering money in Afghanistan. They're laundering all sorts of money in Afghanistan and that whole area, Kazakhstan. They're all, they're, like, you're just going to leave all the, you're not going to get a couple billion for that? It doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't right? it make more sense if, like, <laughs> if this was more of a planned thing by our military? To, they worked out, they followed through with their deal that they had in place with the Taliban, and they did it in a way that it, completely made Biden and the administration look like fools. Somebody made money on the, on that military equipment, as I'm saying, maybe, maybe the Trump side did, or maybe the Biden, some, there's no way they're going to leave. You're just going to leave that shit. Okay. But someone's going to, someone's going to show up and say, but think about some money. Think about it though. If, if you're Trump and you want to get out of the middle East, you need to have somebody there to take over. Right. And how are you going to get these people to take over fighting these people? They're not going to just like, okay, well, we'll just do it on our own. You're going to supply them with weapons. You know what I mean? And I think this could be how they did it. Maybe. Right. <laughs> Shit. There's just so much. that's yeah. confusing. Like, like what is. the fuck is going on? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, Xi Jinping is he? He's got. I mean, China's bad. I mean, that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to yeah. avoid the social credit system, and the Chinese. We don't want to be like that. Like those guys yeah, are. One of my good buddies, his name is uh, Chris Paul. He's he's got a podcast too, but he, he he makes a great point. Every one of these countries, there's like a a good <laughs> a good twin, evil twin, right? Yes, like we have yes. Trump here in the deep state. China has that too. Like, what, what if what if Xi Jinping is actually not part of the Chinese deep state? Again, not saying he's a a good guy. Like, he's maybe he's the lesser of two evils. And you know, yeah, you don't know, right? Yeah, because everyone, it's really easy uh, to say Americans are the problem. Like, if you're like you live in the Middle East, you're like, oh, the Americans are evil. Just like we say, oh, you know, like Americans will say, oh, Israel's the problem. The Jews are running everything. But the people in the Middle East say, dude, the Americans are the ones that are bombing us, the Americans. <laughs> but if you know, you know, if you're not living in America, you know, you probably think everyone's evil and everyone's into yeah. bombing the Middle East when in fact it's just a, a small group of um, uh, people in power that are doing all the crazy shit and most of the people are just good people that they don't want that shit. You know, if they knew the no. truth of what was really going on, they were like, no, we're not, we don't want any innocent people getting blown up. Who wants that? I don't think anybody wants that anywhere. No. Uh, but so it's just so goddamn confusing. I know, you know it, it just seems like, okay, we don't want to be China, China. We don't want to be Russia, but I know Russians. I have Russian students and they're awesome people. Mm. And um, in a fucked up system, and it just seems yep. it seems like it's easier for it's easier to control the masses and like whatever empire or country you're running if there is no justice. It's way it's way easier if they don't have any rights and they're used to having no rights and they're used to having yep. no justice. It would just way easier. Like in Mexico, it's like once you once you corrupt the police departments and they're all corrupt in Mexico, most of the cops, it's like 100%. Like you ask yep. a Mexican, like 100% of the cops, it's over. It's all once the the police are corrupt, they're like at the bottom, right? Of yeah. of uh, government officials, right? They have the least amount of power. Cops, once they're all corrupt, that means everybody above them's corrupt. So Game it's over. over. Hell yeah. So it's it's easier to control 
and run a nation like that instead of having fucking constitution and freedom of speech and and uh, second amendment and all that shit they're they're like fuck dude that we can't have that shit like when they're having their illuminati meetings they're like dude no more constitutions whose fucking idea was that no rights we can't give them fucking rights then they're all like you know fucking marching and shit all that goddamn time you know like in in russia like, this is what my students tell me. If you say anything that goes against the narrative and you try to speak up, you disappear and nobody's going to fight for your rights. They're just going to think like, damn, he should have shut the fuck up. I told yeah. him to shut the fuck up. What did he say? God damn it. What an idiot. And then they, and then you, no one ever <laughs> says anything about it. Yeah. You know? The way I, I look at this, I mean, what is the motivation behind these people? It's, it's they, they got all the money in the world, right? They don't need money. They got all the power in the world. They don't need the power. Like, I and this is another thing that I've come around a lot. You know, I've been very black and white, very, um, you know, the executive orders, a lot of the minutiae of things. And then, you know, my girlfriend, she's much more in the spiritual aspect of things. And you look at the, this stuff and what's really going on. This is such a like a good versus evil. Yes. Type thing. And, and these people are truly just disgusting. And and it's and then they buy off the people that they can with who need the money. You know, and that's it's they buy off, they blackmail, they do all these things. But it, that's one of the things that, you know, Trump, Trump really exposes, I think, a lot of the evil of of the left and the New World Order and their, the globalists and and their vision for the world, you know, depopulating and and the human trafficking side of things. Which that's a rabbit hole I know exists, but I'm like almost afraid to go down. But it's real. You know, that that which one are you afraid exists. to go down? The the human trafficking yeah yeah that's hole. the one where you get killed <laughs> yeah trafficking especially if, if you're it, it seems like they don't say shit unless you are actively doing things that are uh eventually going to lead to some kind of uh indictment you know yep. um if there if, if you're like some kind of you know investigative reporter or politician or whatever, so any kind of government official or, or journalist, and you're going after specific mm -hmm. people and you're going after specific people to put them in jail, that's when you get hung in closets and with rubber bands and shit like that. Um, talking about it, you know, in a general sense, I, they, they don't, they don't want to suicide nobody unless they have to. They, when someone gets suicided, it's because there was someone really afraid of going to prison. And yeah. they're like, okay, we got to order a hit on this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Because they're just not ordering hits on people, just random people talking shit. It's, it's the people that are strategically going after certain people. Those are the ones that uh, get suicided in, in, from what I can see. I don't know shit. Yeah. From what I can see, it seems like, you know, when you look at the, you know, the Clinton body count, it just seems like they all have one, a couple things in common. They all knew the Clintons in some way, shape or form. And uh, they were actively um, going after them or they were going to open their mouth and uh, release some information. Yeah. I mean, too, too many, how many times has that happened where, like her body count is so big right now. It's too much of a coincidence at this Isn't point. Isn't that crazy? That's why I tell people when like people that lost their fucking minds when Trump beat Hillary. I'm like, you would rather have someone with a fucking body count as president over Trump? Trump ain't got no and then I'll never forget Unreal. this one liberal. She's like, How do you know Trump doesn't have a body count? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, how do I know Trump doesn't have a body count? <laughs>
Was that your answer? He goes, yeah, he probably has a body count too. I've never heard of no fucking Trump body count. Why don't you Google Trump body count and let's see how many fucking people died because they were trying to fucking go after Trump. (laughs) You know, but Clinton, damn, that's a whole different story. They got documentaries on that shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, we we can talk Um, about this. what 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 do you think about... And you, we don't have to get into this at all. But what do you think about NASA? Do you think NASA is is uh, part of the deep state too? Oh, I, I have no idea, uh, honestly, on that stuff. You know, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think there's elements of the deep state everywhere, like in all of our government agencies. You, that, are you familiar with Operation Paperclip? Uh, a little bit. Like that's where the, we got all those the Nazi scientists and pretty much hired them over here for stuff, right? Yeah, and created NASA and created yeah. the CIA. You know, so uh, and you yeah, know, Warner von, you know, who Warner von Braun is. I've heard the name, yep. Warner von Braun is was Hitler's right hand man. Yeah. Usually that's right. usually the, the Nazis that that um came to the United States, they change their fucking name and they they hide him and shit. But for right. some reason, Warner von Braun, Hitler's right hand man. Uh, he didn't change his name. And not only that, he didn't <laughs> go into hiding. He was the face of NASA. He's he directed the six moon missions, the uh the fake moon missions he directed them that's pretty crazy him and yeah. walt you know are you you ever look into walt disney and and his shenanigans a, a little bit like that that's i i so recently woke up to a lot of this stuff and my focus since i have woken up has really been just evolution i have there's so many rabbit holes that i haven't gone down that i mean I've, i'm vaguely familiar with but have you, have you ra- looked into freemasonry not not much i mean again i'm aware of it but not like I haven't dug into it because I'm still so focused on this because yeah. it's still like so relevant to me, you know? Yeah. Freemasonry has to be a big part of all the shit you're, you're looking at. I believe it. There's, there has to, there's no way Freemasonry isn't, doesn't have its fingerprints all over this shit somehow. It, it's some crazy ass shit. <laughs> yeah. free, the whole Freemason rabbit hole. Oh shit. Scary shit. That's <laughs> a scary shit right there. There's Eventually a once I get, there's a, there's a secret oh, society. There's a secret society that uh, a lot, a lot of powerful people, a large percentage of the people running the world are part of. It's an international yeah. secret society, and um, no, know what you should their, do. The religion is uh, is uh, basically like ancient Babylonian Luciferian shit. You know, you, you should, just said. Uh, you know, earlier you just said it's it's. It, the more you look into it, the more it seems like it's a battle between good and evil. Yeah, I, I got I got something for you. Um, won't we don't have to actually look at it right now? But when you get a chance, go look at my part uh, fourteen. I think it is. Go to the very end. There's a group called the Alfalfa Club. Oh shit! And it's based off of this old like ancient text. It's super super interesting. It's a very it's on like, your website versus- right now. Let's look at it. Yeah, yeah, we can look at we'll it. We'll close with this. <laughs> okay. So this is an article I call out one of the guys I think is like the head of the snake. His name's David Rubenstein. Because he's involved with everything. Everything from, I mean, all the scandals in Trump's presidency. He's connected to um, Epstein, everything. Okay, right here. Scroll up. Let's scroll up. It's this document, but let's go to the beginning of this, um, this section. Okay, closing right here. So one of these groups that he's actually the president of is called this Alfalfa Club. Who's the president? And Trump? David Rubenstein, this guy that okay. I was calling out. Okay. Um, he's president of the Alfalfa Club. And <clears throat> there, there's another uh, group of researchers that I know. They're, they, they've written the Prussiagate series. And this is where they go into like this whole thing where, I mean, the, the hidden enemy that we're facing today is really all originates. Like all the 13 families everybody talks about, they all originate from Prussia. 
like Germany, the Kaisers of, of Prussia. It's very interesting. But this alfalfa club started in 1913. Um, it was based in honor of uh, the birthday of Civil War Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Every year they get together to celebrate his birthday. It's a it, like literally you click on the list. And there's so many people that are part of this. But read this part down here. The guy. Um, OK, so H. Ralph Burton. He was one of the honorary members of this group. And there's this pamphlet that I found. Now scroll down to this pamphlet. I'm, I'm probably just going to read this because it's it's so yeah, it's it. so go interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, you are undoubtedly wondering what has become of me. You have a right to do so because of my promises. Undoubtedly, however, when you understand my reason, you will quite agree with me that this has been, uh, or yeah, that it has been a course of wisdom. One hardly shows. Uh, sorry, I got to put my glasses on here. Hold on. One hardly knows what to do in such strange times, particularly about so important a question. You undoubtedly were impressed with the fact that the manuscript left with you stated that the documents in question were found in Germany several years ago. This is a true situation. It was with the utmost difficulty that they were brought out of that country. Again, this is 1913. The truth of it is that the Kaiser depended upon these for the success of the present war to such an extent that if for one moment he had gone or thought they were gone, he would have waited until they were found again. When it was discovered they were not any longer in their place, the most trained members of the Secret Service were set upon the trail. It would be worth my life to have one of them locate me now. For this reason, I have not dared to give you an address by which you could communicate with me. It must remain. Okay, this isn't even the part I wanted to, to go over. Hold on. Click, go on. Um, scroll up a bit. Or scroll down. Sorry. Okay, go back up. Go back up. Um, to to the beginning of this before this starts, like before the alfalfa club thing starts, there should be a link. Uh, the origin, history, and a object. Nope, you missed it. Down, right, right there. The origin, history, and object. Okay. Sorry for wasting that time there, but oh, it didn't even work. Are you kidding? This doesn't exist anymore. No way. Okay, maybe click the pamphlet. Go go back to part fourteen. Um, underneath that description box there's that first sentence i can't stress at the end there's the pamphlet that's underlined i can't stress to you okay click that what the hell Gone too. they unlinked it no way i have it saved somewhere I, i'd have to find this and send to you but they, they go into this and they talk about these documents that the kaisers had that helped them win the war they talk about like all these different um you know going back all the way to the time of egypt where these documents originated from and some people that I know, again, I'm not really into this space, but they're like, are these the Emerald Tablets that people are talking about here? Like, Are you familiar with those? No. Oh, it's very spiritual, like um, uh, witchcraft type stuff and uh, alchemy. I mean, they basically- Have you heard of, do you know who Albert Pike is? I heard the name, yep. Albert Pike wrote the the Bible on Freemasonry. Oh, really? Yeah. And it uh, it goes. I mean, they mention Lucifer. Who, know, who knows? They mention it's, Lucifer. I'd have no doubt that these people. I mean, there, there's. It is good. It is. It's a war between good and worship. evil. It, it really is. Worship saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of Satanism going on. There's definitely a lot going on. For and, sure. Uh, I mean, when Marina Abramovic, the the oh yeah, when she comes out of the shadows and tells everybody to stand with ukraine like whoa what yeah. the fuck is going on with ukraine if Isn't marina abramovic is is uh she's coming out of the woodwork to uh, <laughs> stand with ukraine whoa 
Like, what kind of satanic shit is going on in Ukraine, man? It's scary, man. And you know what I would love? I would love all the shit we went over with the documents, man. Do you have, like, a documentary on on all the stuff we're talking about? I do, do actually. So, uh, Send me that link. I want to go through all that. Yeah. I I have five episodes. Um, A guy named Adam Riva did them for me. Dauntless Dialogue. You you love them. You dig them. So I'll send you those. You don't have to read them. So you have five five separate documentaries on all the stuff we went over today. On a lot of it, yeah, a lot of my series so far. Now, how do how to before we go explain how we get a how my audience could get a hold of these uh these documentaries? Okay, so uh, if you go to devolution.link, that's where all my stuff is. Okay. Uh, all the articles, even the links article, to your documentaries. If the I, I think they're out there too. If not, they're on Rumble. You go to Rumble, search for the channel Dauntless Dialogue. Okay, and you'll see the it's called the Devault series, but I'm pretty sure they're on my website too. I don't actually like do my website. I have a guy who does, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's updated. So, um, but yeah, they're all they're Everything should be on the website. Devolution.link. Devolution.link, man. Yeah. Hey, Patel Patriot, you're awesome, man. This Can, is great. I want to do this uh, many times, you know, get me back anytime, on what's man. going on. Cause you know, in a year from now, it's going to be totally different. We're going to have right. a whole different outlook on stuff. And, and who knows how this devolution thing is going to play out. Uh, but, um, it does offer hope that there is yeah. there is some kind of counter going on. To and it's the real, man. Order. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's more real to me than ever. I mean, I always say devolution, but I, I, I just like there's this conspiracy theory called devolution, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but um, damn, it's awesome. Uh, the belief is way stronger after talking to you today. Thank you very cool. much, man. And uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. And yeah, we'll be in touch. All right, man. Thank you, dude. Thank See you. you next time. Bye. Good night. The Jiu-Jitsu Dojo is the ultimate training ground for life. Jiu-Jitsu will accelerate the evolution of your being, your consciousness, your soul. Through this amazing art, you will prove to yourself that you can master anything you set your mind to. Happy birthday, Eddie Bravo. I leave for Brazil tomorrow. Are you the fear factor guy? I'm uh, like six pounds over, time to sweat it out. Just imagine someone that has no idea how different your game is. I'll tell you what this weekend was, man. It was a culmination point where all your hard work comes to like one great moment in time. You showed that you're a fucking champion. Guy who goes against convention. You created your own shit and figured interesting ways to get around problems in jujitsu. And shows you that great things are possible if you work hard, if you dedicate yourself, and you use your creativity, and you push through. Your own human potential just goes up. My 10th Planet Association has grown rapidly to over 70 academies worldwide, and their curriculums are all synced to 10th Planet headquarters located in downtown Los Angeles. I'm Eddie Bravo. I hope to see you on the mats. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake.